Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. Uh, the sky's the limit for Darren Waller in this offense, and I think Waller even sees it. No matter where he lines up on the field, they're going to be successful. Remember what we've seen out of like the 12 and 13 personnel sets out of McDaniels? That's what intrigues me. I've been really, really, really <laughs> excited to see how he uses it. And if he can also bring Foster Moreau along with him, or whether it's a couple of the new guys that um, have those wonderful mullets that are out on the field that <laughs> might be more involved. Um, you know, I think that's where I think that's where it's going to really make the most of those sets is if somebody else can also step up. And I know that Darren doesn't need to necessarily be the star of any offense, but he just becomes that way because he is so, like he was talking about there, the confusion in the red zone, the way to be uh, available, a way to make himself finish through the end of a route. There's different people who can take that uh, information that they're getting from Josh McDaniels and being where they need to be at the right time on those routes with precision. And I think he's definitely one that can execute all of that. But, you know, a la Gronkowski perhaps. But if you think that you need the other side to balance and to be just as confusing and to look just as open and not necessarily a decoy but could be a decoy, you know, like you want to keep the other guys on their toes and guessing. Like if you can get a guy like Foster Moreau to take the leap that he needs to because he has a lot of room to improve, I think you can really – start to disguise a lot more, use them both in different ways that can really help um, to open up things for guys like Renfro and Devontae Adams, obviously. So, yeah, it's going to be, I think, interesting to see how he grows as a player throughout this season and into this offense as they begin to learn it. Because as we've heard before, even from Brandon Bolden, who's been in that system, it's a very detailed, intricate offense to learn. And they're getting the whole playbook. That's what uh, Brian Baldinger told He's getting the whole playbook. So you really got to be able to dedicate yourself to learning that and how intricate it is. Heidi, can you believe we're 42 days away from uh, the Raiders kicking off <laughs> the Hall of Fame game against the Jacksonville Jaguars? How uh, how how crazy oh is that? God. It's insane, man. Like, I, I can't wait just because I, I started to hear some things. Uh, I went over to the Raiderette facility a couple days ago, and they were telling me, with, I can't, I can't, I, I swear myself to secrecy, but they have something big coming up. You know, like you said, Vinny, lots of big events planned for the public, things that they're going to do. And just what really struck me, too, was a side conversation that I had with one of the uh, ladies in the facility. And I don't want to say her name because I'm not sure if she would want the story to be out there. But um, I, I, I'm sure she would, but I didn't ask her. So I'm not going to put her name out there. But um, (laughs) she was telling me just what a guy Cliff Branch was to her and what it meant for her to be able to have the relationships. And she said that he would come to the Raiderettes and talk to them and kind of help, you know, push them before they got out on the field and that they really felt when, you know, they had that energy, when they had somebody like him. She said there was nobody that had such a vibrant personality as he did 
But when they went out there, they really felt like what they were doing was setting a tone for the team. And Cliff, when he was out and, and speaking, or if he came, you know, he's been an ambassador of the team for some time. If he was at the game, she said it really just kind of helped elevate them too and their spirits as they went to take the field to do things as Raiderettes. And that, to me, it was just like, wow, it's just amazing. So uh, I, I'm excited to see what they have planned out in Canton for this. And hopefully we get to take it in a little bit and not just think about the game that day because ultimately it is the Hall of Fame game. We're there in honor of this sport and some of the greats that have come to pave the way for other guys. Like what Cliff Branch did when he, he did it, it, it was remarkable. And like we're talking about Waller now, you know, they, these guys that came up kind of tried to set themselves to that bar. And when you see that you know, the, the legends that built the sport get honored like that, it's really something to soak in. Well, it can happen soon enough. And uh, even though it took a uh, long overdue for Cliff to get to Canton, uh, it sounds like the celebration that will be there for those who remembered him and loved him the most, his friends and family, they're going to have their moment in the sun too. And it's just uh, 42 days away. Thank you so much, Heidi, for coming on. Let's talk again real soon. Football in 42 days. Let's go. That's right. All right, let's do some laps. <laughs> Thanks, Heidi. Uh, I love it. Heidi Fang here with us. She's on assignment. She'll be back with us real soon. Uh, we got to step aside because Todd Dewey's waiting in the wings, also from the Las Vegas Review Journal. He's the sports betting columnist with the RJ, and we got to get into some betting odds and some angles for what the Raiders have as we approach the season in just a little over a month here on Raider Nation Radio. Tailgating. Tailgates. Yeah, tailgating's always a blast. Yeah! It's time to start your Raider football day with the morning tailgate with your hosts, Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor, and Heidi Fang on Raider Nation Radio. Welcome back, Raider Nation Radio. It's the morning tailgate. Good morning, everybody. Here on a beautiful and perfect hip-hop Thursday, Vinny Bonsignor, Clay Baker. You just heard from Heidi Fang. We're all here with you today on Raider Nation Radio. Paul Gutierrez will join us from ESPN at 8.30. We'll also have a chance to talk to Rich Ornberger at 9 o'clock. But in this hour, let's turn our attention to some of the betting angles that happen in and around the NFL and NBA draft, as well as for the Raiders with Todd Dewey the longtime sports betting columnist with the Las Vegas Review Journal. He's a bit of a Patriots fan. He likes to keep that low-key. Uh, being from Boston, Todd, it's great having you with us, man. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Claire. Uh, I love having you on, and it's uh, with the eve of uh, we're right here at the precipice for the NBA draft, and we were we were trying to figure out like globally we see numbers for the books and like who could go first, second, third, but locally, uh, what are some numbers that that are able to be worked with, and is there something uh, kind of like still holding on around the NBA draft that it still seems like all right, uh, this is one of those entities that you're never quite sure on how to bet it or who to bet. Yeah, the NBA draft's not like the NFL draft. It's got a ton of different props uh, up there and a lot of interest, especially when it was here in town. They had the the three guys where, uh, you know, it was it was the top three, and then everybody else was like 500 to one. So, you know, it's between Holgrim, Benchero, and uh, Jabari Smith, who's, who's expected to go number one. And now, now it's off the board, of course, with the – draft being today but uh pretty much the only actions on the number one is just between three guys 
Todd, uh, this is Vinny. How are you doing? Good morning. Thanks for joining us today. Um, yeah, how you doing, Vinny? I'm doing good. First of, first off, um, uh, any uh, Boston Celtics hangover for uh, the kid from Massachusetts? Oh, Todd, how yeah, are you feeling, so man? Still very depressed about that. Well, on the one hand, I was, you know, kind of, uh, it was kind of surreal, and I was pretty surprised that they were even in the NBA Finals. I really didn't expect them to have any shot. And making the finals and winning it all at the beginning of the season, early in the season, before they turned it around. But, you know, once they're, they're in there and they're up 1-0 and then they're up 2-1 especially, I thought we had a great chance to win it, of course. And didn't get it done, just way too many turnovers, just not ready. Good news is they're all pretty young and uh, have the core intact. But, yeah, I couldn't, couldn't uh, overcome that Warriors pedigree. And hopefully it's something they look back on as a – you know, on their way to getting over the hump and, and not their only shot. Well, as a lifelong uh, Laker guy, uh, I'd like to say my condolences, but I'm not going to say that, uh, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. well, sorry for not making the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Touche, touche. We deserve that. It's, it always, nice, it's nice that you guys can get along, Celtic and Laker fans. Well, and, and it always comes down, Todd knows this, it always comes down to the Lakers and the Celtics. Everyone else, everything else is just uh, kind of uh, placeholders until the real stuff starts happening. Right, Todd? We did have a shot to break the tie with yes. the Lakers, as you know, for the most titles ever at 17. So that's that's another uh, another hard hit there to take. Yeah, Laker <laughs> Laker Nation or, or Laker fans are not. Uh, they were they were very happy about the uh, about that outcome. Um, okay, so Todd, really, you got five in Minneapolis. I don't know if you want to call those. Um, you know, if those really count. Well, they're made of maple syrup. Uh, they were carved out of a tree back then, so it's like, yeah, I don't know, you could take them as you see how, see how the argument always goes between Laker and Celtics fans? It, it, it'll, it'll get, it'll, it, you know, uh, it gets pretty deep. No um, one gives an inch. Magic Bird, you know, uh, it, it, uh, Wilt, Bill Russell. I think that's Bill Russell, though, myself. Trying to respect, man. They're, they're the classic battles of all time. Exactly. It, and there is tremendous respect without question uh all right todd uh let's let's it's 42 days i'm i'm I'm, my mind is blown thinking about this 42 days away from the raiders kicking off uh against the jaguars in the hall of fame game in canton ohio so football is literally right around the corner um it's it's barreling uh, at us at warp speed right now um when we look at the raiders and we look at the numbers and the projections of, of the of the victories at last i checked it was 8.5 i don't know if that's moved uh much uh, at at all but um when you look at the raiders and you look at that number and you look at the talent that's on uh, on on this football team and granted they are in a tough division and in a tough conference for that matter uh is 8.5 kind of a uh, um you know uh, Kind of a magnet for for betters to say, hey, this this looks like a pretty solid bet right here for the over. Oh well, you know they try to you know put it up there where they're going to get some action, and they are favored to go over eight and a half slightly. Uh, that number is up from seven and a half last season, yes, which they flew over. And you know they have so many different. You could bet over nine and a half for plus money, and you could bet over seven and a half for like a minus 235 favorite. Uh, but as you mentioned, it's pretty much a reflection of, the, you know, they're, because they're projected to finish fourth in the toughest division in football, and the Broncos and Chargers also improved in the AFC West. And the, and despite losing Tyreek Kill, the Chiefs still have Patrick Mahomes, and they're still favored to win the division for the seventh straight year. Also, the AFC is just loaded overall, and the Raiders also have one of the toughest schedules based on opponent win totals so that all plays a role in uh in having that number at eight and a half when you think 
they won 10 last year and improved but and added you know so many guys you know so many key players but um it's still at eight and a half uh, but you know it'll still be tough to get over there i guess the odds makers think that's interesting. We're speaking with Todd Dewey, sports betting columnist with the Las Vegas Review Journal. Follow him on Twitter at tdewey33. Then if uh, you're looking for value, if it may not be there for season win totals, what about maybe the Raiders to win the AFC West? That's got to be a pretty large number. Or even better yet, is there a prop bet for at least the Raiders to make the playoffs? Yeah, the Raiders are 7-1 to uh, win the AFC West. Uh, the Chiefs, of the favorites, plus 180, Chargers of plus 225, Broncos plus 250, and the Raiders uh, down to 7-1 to win the AFC West. And to make the playoffs, you can't bet them make the playoffs plus 190. You could also bet on them not to make the playoffs at minus 220. And uh, pretty one odds maker told me, like, people are betting the Raiders to win the Super Bowl like it's free money. The odds have been slashed from 60-1 to down to 30-1 to since getting Devante Adams. And um, pretty much, you know, being here in town, the home team, any number they put up, people are betting on the Raiders to, across the board, you know, to win uh, over the win total, division, conference, Super Bowl, all the player props. So, yeah, the Raiders are very popular here in town, wow. as you can imagine. All right, Todd, I'm, I'm looking for a tip, all right, uh, on the down low. And just keep in mind, it's just me, you, Todd, or me, you, Clay, and our millions of listeners uh, listening, <laughs> very discreet. Yes, very. Let's keep this uh, on the down low. But give me a uh, a sneaky good MVP uh, pick um, that uh, that you might be that that that, that you're thinking uh, might be worth putting putting some money down on. Well, it's hard to say. There's so many good players, but you know, when we talk about Derek Carr, he yeah. he opened uh, forty to one to win MVP. He's down to twenty to one at. Caesars, where he's the biggest liability at six figures and counting. Uh, he's still at forty to one at the Westgate, though. And if they can somehow win the division and get back to the playoffs, and you know, topple the Chiefs and those other teams, um, I mean, who knows, right? And uh, he's buying thirteen other quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Josh Allen's the favorite. You got Brady, Mahomes, Rogers, Burrow, Herbert, Wilson. So many uh, other good quarterbacks out there, but. But but Carr's got a shot with all the weapons this year. That's interesting to think that there's a discrepancy, you know, even in town. But you know, it, that's that goes to show you, like if Caesars takes a six figure bet, they have to lower it. That you know, they 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 have to find some sort of like you know, give or take some equilibrium in this. But then again, you know, there's other awards like the Defensive Player of the Year awards, and we know that like Max Crosby and Chandler Jones have got to be somewhere up there, even though they may not be your like major household names to go and win a Defensive Player of the Year awards. I'd have to think that bodes well because they're both prime for a breakout season. Yeah, uh, Max Crosby's been a popular pick. He, he's open around 50-1, to 1 and he's down a 30-1 to 1 and lower around town. He's a seventh choice uh, behind T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett, Aaron Donald. They're the favorites. And you get Chandler Jones as a 60-1 to 1 shot. The Micah Parsons, the Bozo brothers are also up there among the favorites. That's fascinating. Todd Dewey here with us from the RJ. You know, lastly, i got to ask you, if there was anything uh, from an observation from last year, did you notice, like, 
any trends or in line or even total movements for Raider home game weekends? And I was wondering because, you know, because the Raiders are going to be heavily bet by Raider Nation, you know, during those home games and leading up to the game. But yet we also saw so many visiting teams participating and going to games and they were flooding the strip. I wondered if the visiting team outweighed that kind of action versus Raider Nation's action when the Raiders played at home. Yeah, you know, most people coming to town to see their team are going to put a bet down sure. on them going to the game. But but the Raiders and the home uh, cooking uh, definitely overwhelms the the visitor action still. Uh, most, most uh, generally speaking, most of the time, betters are backing the Raiders in the over at Allegiant Stadium. Though that would change if the team started to struggle. The, you know, betters would jump ship if, uh, if they don't think they could win. But uh, I, I was looking at the numbers, too, and uh, they since moving to Vegas, they're 11-5-1 over the total. They have the best record in the NFL the last two years. So the over's been coming through, although the just against the spread, they're 8-9 at, at Allegiant. Todd, that is an awesome takeaway. 11-5-1 to the over since moving to Las Vegas. That is fascinating yeah. stuff. Uh, Todd, thank you again for coming on today. Really enjoy your work in the Review Journal, and uh, I can't wait for tonight's uh, NBA draft, and we'll see where the uh, the, the dice fall uh, after that. All right, thanks for having me, guys. Vinny, give my best to Russell Westbrook. <laughs> hey, Russ. <laughs> Very good, Todd. Very good. Uh, Todd, we appreciate it. Follow him on Twitter at TDewey33. Uh, it's, it's glad you kids can get along uh, peacefully. <laughs> you know, Celtic and Laker fans living he'll among be in, each other. He'll be in Brooklyn with the uh, with the Nets, with Kyrie Irving in Los Angeles. Yeah, he's going to take that money, and, <laughs> and good for him. Uh, that's great. But think about like that. So since the Adams trade, for even Derek Carr's MVP odds from sixty to one to thirty to one. You know, uh, that, uh, actually, those are the uh, the Super Bowl odds for the Raiders. Super Bowl odds from sixty to one to thirty to one since the Adams trade, and even more so, it's gone down for Derek Carr uh, for MVP odds. It just shows you what one player can do, not only for national perception but for the reality. It looks as though that you know even even the market can see what good things can happen. No doubt about it, and also it also uh, tells you that people understand that Derek Carr is a good quarterback. Um, now he has uh, talent around him that, uh, that, that, that can accentuate that talent. And that's what it always uh, comes down to. Um, so he's surrounded now by the best talent that he's really ever had uh, in his tenure here with the Raiders and in the NFL. Um, and, and, if, and if this talent stays healthy and if this team stays healthy and you know there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve uh, with the offense, I don't expect that that's going to be much of a problem when you're talking about Veterans like Derek and Devontae and, and Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, it's so critical that those are you know mature players at this stage of their career, easier able to to absorb the playbook. Maybe the offensive line is gonna you know that that'll be a little bit of a of a trick uh, and a challenge early on. But if this thing stays healthy and as the year goes on and it starts you know uh, the more and more of a command collectively from this offense. I I truly believe that Derek Carr um, has what it takes, and along with him, uh, sidekicks to to make a mount an MVP run. I do too. I think this is something that he's been in the conversation before at certain points of uh, particular seasons. It's not out of the realm of possibility. And I even love hearing like how Max Crosby's name has been jettisoned up the defensive player of the year list, you know, and his name's now, you know, at 30 to one, but it's also next to Chase Young, Joey Bosa, Micah Parsons, Aaron Donald, TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, the, the cream of the crop in the defense. And if we saw that kind of uh, continuous leap that he did from uh, last year, 
you know, from last season, the way he was just used his mobility and agility to great extents. Uh, having another guy like Chandler Jones and maybe a new offensive uh, philosophy, uh, defensive philosophy with Patrick Graham, you could see like even further that Max Crosby can go because of the mindset and the work ethic. Yeah, I think the I think his best football, believe it or not, is still is still ahead of him. And um, the one thing that uh, just being able to observe Max Crosby, hear from Max Crosby, uh, watch him on the practice field, the one thing that I don't doubt for a second uh, is that he's got I, I think he feels even more and I'm not going to use the word pressure whatsoever um, it, it, he's such an honorable person that getting that money and the commitment that the, that the Raiders uh, made in him I think just um, accentuates his 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 passion for the game uh, he wants to do right by that contract as opposed to sometimes people get the money and now they're content uh, I think it's the opposite with a, with a Max Crosby and I'm just talking about and I tweeted this and and you know there was there was a little bit of pushback uh, you know on, on Twitter from it um, because I said he looks even better this year he looks even more explosive and more physical and faster uh, than this time last year and I'm just giving you my observations it's astounding that this guy is in such great shape and is even he even looks better than last year and last year he was in Remarkable shape, um, and he looked great at this time last year. But he looks even more explosive this year. So, um, and it tells me that he's taken it up even another notch. There's still a ceiling left for Max Crosby, and I believe he's going to get there. I think he is, and I think this is a uh, a good time if you're looking at values. You're, you're seeing that the early season value is here now, because as we've br- we brought it up, 42 days away, the value is going to shrink because the perception of the, when the season starts coming, you want to get in early on this, and if uh, you will like any of the bets. I think one of them is a plus 190 for the Raiders to make the playoffs. That's almost two to one. That's that's a very good value, especially when you see that they would not make the playoffs. Is like so almost like a prohibitive like number. So if you, you just want to have a little something in there for them to just make the playoffs, almost two to one is a, a very very good number to have now because it won't be there in a couple of weeks. Nice little uh, could be a nice little um, New Year's bonus. Yes, right? right. Because the playoffs basically get to you get paid when it happens, <laughs> yeah. right? You don't have to wait until the Super Bowl or anything like that. If you bet on them to win this to, to get to this, the playoffs. You pay out when they make the playoffs, right? That's how that works. Uh, you you have to wait till the season's over, but oh, more or right. less, even if they yep, the yep. regular season or the the entire season? for the regular season, yeah. Oh, once the, the, yeah, yeah. So that's that's January. Yeah, that's, once week seventeen uh, is over, and then you can clean up on that money. There you go. And, so uh, uh, if you're looking to to make a nice little, you know, maybe New Year's windfall. That might be the way to go. I, I think that might be good because you may extend yourself a little bit on too much on the New Year's, and you need that money, <laughs> right? Exactly. So you can keep the lights on at the house. It's Pay Radio off Nation all those Radio. Presents, man. Oh my goodness, and it's going to get worse for me. Seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred is the Realty One Group listener line. In fact, we will give you a chance later this hour to win a pair of tickets to see Joe Rogan at the MGM Grand Garden Arena. He appears on July 1st from AXS.com. But coming up next will be Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. We love talking with Paul. We'll get like a little his uh, his recap of the mini camp that we saw uh, a few weeks ago at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. But also... Uh, Val Kilmer, the great actor, uh, he appeared in Top Gun. We know that he's ailing, but you know, looking back at a retrospective of his life, why hasn't Val Kilmer ever been nominated for an Oscar? We'll talk about that with Paul Gutierrez and the Raiders next. The grill is still sizzling and the drinks are cold. So let's get back to your morning tailgate with Clay Baker on R&R 920 AM. Hello, radio dispatch. This is codenamed Hard Hat. Codenamed Hard Hat. Do you read me? Over. Was that Lard Ass? <laughs> hard Hat. Codenamed Hard Hat. Do you read Radio Dispatch? 
Hey, got something for you, lard ass. Hard hat. Hard hat. Do you understand? Lard ass, lard ass. <laughs> Hard hat. Radio dispatch, do you know who this is? No, who is this is? This is Sergeant Stadinko. Oh, yeah? You know who this is? No. Bye-bye, lard ass. Oh, we're back here on Raider Nation Radio. Thank you for joining us on the morning tailgate. It's a hip-hop Thursday. Thanks again to Todd Dewey from the RJ going over the Raiders betting. But we got to go a little further into the Raiders minicamp. And we wanted to get Paul Gutierrez on, not only to talk about his thoughts and observations as he's the ESPN NFL Nation reporter and covering the Raiders in the pride of Barstow. We'll get into the Raiders, but we also have to touch on Val Kilmer, his great career, and why this man has been snubbed by the Academy and never received an Oscar nomination after a storied career. All that and more as we join Paul Gutierrez now. Follow him on Twitter at Pete Gutierrez, ESPN. This is the man of who is this is. Good morning to you, sir. <laughs> What's going on, guys? I got to tell you, it's funny listening to the Cheech and Chong bit up in smoke. That is exactly how uh, when I call my dad and when he calls me, that's how we ask, answer the phone to each other. Who is this is? So uh, <laughs> one of the great all-time bits ever. Oh, I love it. It's so good. I'll tell you that we, we were laughing uh, every time we see that uh, on your Twitter bio, that, that, that always brings us up, uh, that the great moment from Up in Smoke. And, you know, yeah. what, what did you think from uh, uh, earlier this week when you heard, like, the uh, the Up in Smoke stuff from Adama Kinsu as he was blowing smoke all over NFL Live, yeah. trying to find, you know, anybody who will listen. He's looking for friends and looking for suitable teammates. But as, at the same time, it was almost like a commercial for a free agent that knows that there's not much money left out there, but he's still trying to find a way to uh, get one more kick at the can. How do you think about uh, what he said about leaving the door open with the Raiders and what kind of fit does he make for any team, including the Raiders? Yeah, I, it, it was interesting. It, it's definitely the off season, right? So when you yeah. start making the rounds and you start talking, uh, you know, start pumping yourself up, you, you're looking for a job. And I, I wrote, written about, gosh, three three weeks ago or so, uh, when that June first deadline was coming up, when the Raiders are going to get another twenty million or so in salary cap space, that he might actually be one of a of the good fits that they could go after. Now, mind you, the Raiders had already signed twenty seven or seemed like twenty seven <laughs> different defensive tackles this off season, but. Yeah. He's a generational talent. Uh, might even be a borderline Hall of Famer. I don't know, but um, you know. But he's also a, a big, big personality, as we've all seen. They could alter the chemistry of a locker room. So, for the Raiders to bring him in, I mean, what's not to like about putting him in the middle to, to disrupt the pocket when you've already got Chandler Jones and Max Crosby on the outside? I think it all comes down to price, and it comes down to desire. And uh, it, if for nothing else, it gave us all something to write about and talk about for a couple of days in the middle of an off season. Hello. Yeah, no doubt about it, Paul. And a veteran move, by the way, uh, to uh, to wait until after the uh, OTAs and mini camps were over to start uh, getting out there and uh, letting everyone know that uh, you're you're still looking for a job. Uh, I thought that was well played by uh, by Sue um, to uh, to make sure that it, all that nonsense was taken care of uh, before he did that. By the way, Cheech, um, Paul, I think you know this, Cal State Northridge, Cal State Northridge, Bishop yep, yep. Alamany High School, oh, in Granada Hills. Did not know that. Yes. I think he might have started at San Fernando um, uh, uh, High School, but I know that he graduated from uh, from, from Alamany, which is uh, one of the private schools there in, in the Valley. So uh, a lot of 818 uh, love right there uh, and a great movie, no doubt about it. And I can only imagine you and your dad answering the phones like that. That that 
I'm awesome. all right. I'm cracking up just thinking about it. Um, That's exactly. How it and it's funny. We'll be out. We'll be out with with friends. You know. I, <laughs> And uh, I'll tell that story. And then, no way, no way does he answer that way. So I'll call him, put him on speaker, and sure enough, who is this is? There you go. There you go. Um, all right. So uh, we've been talking today, Paul, about the fact that it's 42 days away from uh, the, 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 uh, the Raiders kicking off against the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars in Canton, Ohio. And the game, obviously, um, is important. It's going to be the first time we see the Raiders play under Josh McDaniels, and that's cool and exciting. Uh, but the reality is that's a whole weekend uh, that we're talking about um, from a Raiders perspective that's going to be really special to a lot of people, including Mark Davis, obviously, uh, the owner. We know, um, you know his feelings uh, and his admiration and, and the lengths that he went uh, to help his good friend Cliff Branch get to the Hall of Fame. What kind of weekend are we anticipating in Canton? Yeah, it's, it's going to be uh, consecutive years with with uh, a big Raider kind of celebration yep. uh, with last year with Tom Flores and, and Charles Woodson, and this is going to be the epitome of bittersweet, I believe. Yeah, uh, with Cliff because you know I, I knew Cliff fairly well, which is to say that you know he would pick up the phone when I call and we'd have conversations on and off the record, and 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 it's one of those things where he's more than deserving, but you wish he could be there to enjoy it. The same thing with with Ken Stabler, uh, you know, a couple of years back. So. I, I think from the, the well, I know from the Raiders family, they're going to be there to enjoy it, and they're going to celebrate him and his personal family. It's going to be the same the same idea. It's a, he's a guy that that uh, helped change really the landscape of the NFL. Once he became a proficient pass catcher, he already had the speed, but once he became a good pass catcher with the help of Fred Belitnikoff, and he's going up in practice every single day against Hall of Famers like Willie Brown and. And Mike Haynes, and then oh, don't forget Lester Hayes <laughs> getting right. up in his grill as well. I mean, it's really interesting. And I'm actually writing, and I'm sure you're writing a story as well, uh, and talking, reaching out and talking to a lot of the old school guys that, that played with him and against him. And it's, it's, it's fascinating that when you do look, you know, obviously he was a speed guy. He was a track guy. But when you look at the landscape today, every single team basically has to have a speed guy that can have at least the threat of taking the top off of a defense. And that's exactly what Cliff Branch brought. Talk to Jim Plunkett about that epic 99-yard catch and run against Washington back in 1983 in the regular season, and just to break that play down was was awesome. So don't scoop me on that, Benny. I was there. Don't scoop me. Oh, you were there. Yes, RFK okay. Stadium. Yeah, <laughs> with, the, with the Oxnard Press Courier. Oh wow! Whoa, I'm there sorry, but like, bending the budget for that move—that's really good. I, mean, I was but, in eighth grade. I was in eighth grade, play, so Vinny's a little bit older. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> it was. It was. It was definitely a little bit. It was right out of high school. You know, it's funny that I mean, I think uh, for Raider Nation, they have so many great connections with Cliff Branch because even after he was retired, he would always find time for fans, and he would stay to the last fan left with signing autographs, talking about old stories, sitting in the parking lot next to his car. I remember seeing him many times doing that i think everyone has like a almost who's come across cliff branch they have like almost a personal connection for him so i think once he has this moment in time where he's giving that recognition that he's been so long due i think that also feels good that at least now they feel like one of theirs also gets in because he was a uh, really a personal hall of famer no doubt about it and and just the smile that could light up a room and, and when, when you talk to him he made you feel like you were part of his family. So, right. uh, one of the great stories for me for him was, you know, the first time I ever met him was at the Raider Image down there by the Oakland Coliseum, and uh, I just happened to pop in there. My parents were coming to town. I was looking for a Christmas present for my dad, and and Cliff was there, and he came up to me and talked to me 
and made me at ease. Wow. The first I walked in, I was like, uh-oh, you know, here's an old school guy. Here's a legend, so to speak. He, maybe he doesn't like what I wrote this week or something. <laughs> right. No, he came in and he welcomed me in. Uh, one of the next times I saw him, he was actually here in Petaluma. And um, this is about 10 years or so ago. So my kids are really, really young. I'm taking them to the swimming pool, but we got to stop at the local Kmart to get some wings, some angel wings, right, for the oh, yeah. jump in the pool. That's how little they are. <laughs> Walk in, and there's Cliff sitting at the front of Kmart at his own table. He, he always had a bunch of memorabilia. Mark Davis once told me that his house could have furnished a Raider museum. That's oh how much God. stuff he had. And you walk in, and there's Cliff. And, hey, Cliff, how you doing? Hey, PG, what's going on? You know, get the handshake, the bro hug, everything else. And then I look, and I realize that my son, who's about seven years old at the time, is wearing his Raider jersey. And I look, and, it, and, I'm, and that's Ooh. when it clicked, because Cliff sees my son wearing a Raider jersey. And he goes, hey, what's going on, 21? And I'm like, oh, no. Okay, he thinks he's wearing a Cliff Branch jersey. He's wearing a non-Diosum jersey. Oh. <laughs> so I just kept my son's bag. Hey, 21, how you doing? You know, he gave him the hug and the handshake and everything. So I think, okay, I just kept my son walking backwards kind of thing so he didn't see that it was awesome one instead of Branch. But I'm sure he wouldn't have cared either way. But he was just that guy that made you feel good about yourself. And anytime I wrote a story, um, you know, a, a look-back story, whether it was the Holy Roller or uh, Red Right, uh, you know, down in, in Cleveland, it was, uh, he was one of my sources to talk to, and he would take me behind the scenes. Just a, a, an amazing guy, a wealth of knowledge, uh, very happy for him, uh, but bittersweet also because, you know, he, he wanted to be there, and he should be there. To deserve it, That's to, awesome. To enjoy it. I'm still tripping out on Kmart. Man, I haven't heard that. <laughs> I haven't heard that in a while. Exactly. It's <laughs> not here anymore either, but yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, all right, so uh, so Paul, uh, in a lot of ways, uh, I'm not saying that the Raiders have their new Cliff Branch, um, but they certainly have uh, a, a great wide receiver uh, in the fold in Devontae Adams. It almost feels like there's a Christmas present that's sitting under the Christmas tree. Everyone knows what it is. You snuck under the in your mom and dad's room and figured out what it was. So you know that Cliff, that Devontae Adams is is uh, is in that uh, under that wrapping. Uh, but I think everyone's anxious to finally unwrap that present and actually put it to use and see it uh, out on the field. Uh, what do you think, Raider fans, uh, should expect um, when 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 that when that present finally uh, reveals itself? and it's actually out on the field that's that's the the million dollar question for this offseason really is is how does he fit into this puzzle right and and that's the thing is that when you when you break it down on paper the receivers are a better group the offense is a better group the team should be better with a more elite uh more um local not localized with a more recent uh contemporary play caller in josh mcdaniels there you go but we gotta see it all together because yeah. Not only is Devontae Adams simply joining a new team, Derek Carr is joining a new offense. Yeah. A new coach is joining this organization and this culture. You've got so many pieces trying to come together as one. So what should they expect? Well, they should expect the best receiver in the NFL to make a formless, tra- a seamless transition with his college bestie, <laughs> with Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. So that's what they should expect. How and when and how long that takes to happen well, that's what the preseason is for. And, and you're right, they, they do have you know that extra preseason game. But again, a question that I, I wanted to ask Josh but didn't know if it was the right time to ask, how much are the regulars going to play in the preseason? Because it, as we all know, um, the regulars rarely, if ever, play in the preseason. But these guys need the time to gel together. So when is that going to happen? And that's, that's I think, is what we're going to see. 
Yeah, and the Patriots have done things a little bit differently in that regard too. Exactly. I think I think their guys uh, actually uh, actually do play. Uh, you know, saying that, and basically, you're saying there's going to be a learning curve here. There's it's no doubt about it. Uh, there's going to be a transition period um, for the, this new offense, this new defense. Uh, Derek Carr with these new weapons that he has, uh, including Devontae Adams. So. What I've been cautioning fans is that first five games is not make or break, and um, it's important, obviously. And obviously, if you're the if you're a Raider fan, you want to go five and zero, four and one, whatever the case might be. But I wouldn't freak out. Uh, after that first month or so, uh, if it's not looking great, there's still plenty of time in this season for what you were just talking about that transition to this new offense and defense. Yeah, unless they get off to an zero and four, zero and three start, and everybody else is three and zero, that that's the only danger in that. But you're right with the extra game at the end and with the learning curve that's involved, um, and and the way the schedule kind of plays out down the stretch. There's always time. I mean, again, with four games to go last year, where would you have thought the Raiders would have been? Especially when we're in Cleveland and Derek throws that deep interception, season was over, right? Not so quick. So there, there's always time to make something happen as long as other things fall into place too. What was your biggest concern on the defensive side of the ball coming out of minicamp? What was like your biggest concern or question that you're like, all right, what position really needs another upgrade? Or you need to find out like what is the proof of concept? How is this going to look in the secondary as well as linebacker and on the defensive line? Uh, well, if I could uh, get my binoculars out and take a look sure. at them practicing three football <laughs> 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 I could tell you a better answer. But to me, the big question out there on the defense is just, Again, what does it look like? And we know it's going to be multiple. Um, we know that the base is basically a nickel anymore for any team in the NFL. But does the personnel fit the scheme, or are they making the scheme fit the personnel? That, to me, is the most important question to be answered um, going forward in, in the new defensive coordinator, Pat, in uh, the defensive coordinator's scheme, is how does he adapt, or does he adapt them to his, to his ideas? So when you go forward from there, then you can see. And, again, I'm, I'm not lying. Because if you needed binoculars, and Vinny will attest to this, yes. to see exactly what was going on out there. Not that we were going to see a lot anyways, but um, position group-wise, I, I still want to see what's going on with Jonathan Abram, if his, if his coverage skills have improved. Because if not, then that's something they did not really address this offseason. Paul, uh, Max Crosby uh, undoubtedly has uh, broken out as a, as a star player, um, you know, a homegrown star player. Chandler Jones is a star player. Uh, so you've got, to me, two two difference makers, star uh, uh, caliber players on, on defense. Um, give me one or two names of guys that maybe deep down you think have an opportunity defensively of the young players to break out um, in a similar way that maybe uh, Max did at his position. Well, as long as he can stay, you know, off, out of trouble off the field. I mean, Nate Hawks, he, yeah. he flashed, and he showed exactly what he can do as a slot. And I know maybe that might be the sexy answer, but, again, if the NFL defense, base defense truly is the nickel, then he's an every-down player, right, mm-hmm. or, or, or close to it. So Nate Hobbs has that chance to, to really step up. And when he came and spoke to us at the podium, he looked significantly um, bigger. Yes. Uh, like he had added a lot of muscle. And, you know, he hinted that they were playing him on the outside. And, and they were all pretty well trained to say, well, I'll play wherever the coaches want me. I'll do whatever they need me to do to help the team. He's the guy that I think you got to look at um, – during the during training camp and during the early part of the season to see exactly again how is he going to be used in this new scheme and and it comes back to scheme versus uh, roster versatility. 
Paul Gutierrez here with us on Raider Nation Radio. It's the morning tailgate. Of course, follow Paul on Twitter at P. Gutierrez ESPN. All right, lastly, uh, the last time we talked was uh, in the press room uh, at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, and you were mentioning that Val Kilmer had gone undeservedly uh, through his career not getting the recognition from the Academy. He never received an Oscar nomination, even though he had very great performances. And I'm, and I tell you what, you look at the beginning of his career, it was it was rising star going through some great movies with big budgets. And for me, I always felt like the first snub happened uh, with The Doors when he did Jim Morrison. And it almost seemed like because Hollywood did not like Oliver Stone, it kept that movie from getting the kind of recognition. Because, quite honestly, Val Kilmer did all Conspiracy theory. Well, it's a conspiracy theory. There's somebody in the grassy knoll (laughs) keeping Val Kilmer behind because he did all the vocals for that that movie, even though he doesn't appear on the soundtrack. But they used The Doors music and Val Kilmer's vocals. I mean, Sissy Spacek won for Coal Miner's Daughter doing the same thing. How come Val Kilmer did not get the snub there? But also, there's more to his career that you brought up, and I was like, that's been disturbing me ever since. Yeah, and that's the thing. And I was still in college when, when this happened, and I remember getting a voicemail probably about 2 in the morning from a fraternity brother who was more upset than I was. Just <laughs> going on and on about he was he was snubbed, uh, they didn't let him in. And, and then you look, and like, come on, Val Kilmer as, as Doc Holliday and Tombstone, and you're going to give it to Tommy Lee Jones for the fugitive? Come on, right. you know even Leonardo DiCaprio from what's he eating Gilbert Grape uh, got a got a best supporting oh. actor bid that same year. Ralph Fiennes, John Malkovich, okay, and then uh, Pete Postel. Wait, I'm, I'm looking at, at the, oh yes, now. yes, uh, in the name of the Father Postle-wait. Giuseppe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, so. Yeah, I mean, you can throw Val Kilmer in there. I mean, he had a good stretch. I mean, Vinny, I'm sure, was is a big, t- uh, um, gosh, what was it in there? A real genius. Oh, yeah. Uh, was, oh, where, yeah. was where he kind of came out. And then there was another one right around that same time. Um, Top hot Secret? Shots. Not Hot Shots. Not yet. Top Secret, that's it. Yes. Because Hot Shots was, uh, was um, Charlie Sheen. <laughs> but, yeah, and then you go down the line. I mean, from The Doors in 91 to uh, Thunderheart in 92, Tombstone in 93, mm-hmm. the Batman uh, sequel in 95. I mean, you know, oh my God. the guy deserves his, he deserves his flowers, and he should be given them. And, you know, it was an emotional pull on the heartstring to see him in Top Gun Maverick. Mm-hmm. And I'm still just trying to get over watching the, the finale of Obi-Wan yesterday, but now you got me going back on about Kilmer Ship today. But so do you go. know what high school he went to and who his classmate was? <laughs> I'm going to say he's from the Valley. Chatsworth, Chatsworth High School. <laughs> Chatsworth High School and went to school with Kevin Spacey, by the way. Oh. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, okay. that's good. I see. You didn't get these takeaways before the show, and now we give them <laughs> right. to you, and these wrapped up nice little presents. You're absolutely right. Doc Holliday, that could have been a movie Great in of movie. itself. He could have spun that off into his own thing. And, uh, hey, Paul, I appreciate it, man. Thank you again for your time. We love your stuff over at ESPN, and we look forward to talking again before uh, not too long when the season hits. Sounds good, guys. Take care. All right. Thank you. Paul Gutierrez. He's absolutely right. Yeah. He did not get the just deserved uh, due. I mean, and now when you see him failing, you know, the the health is not well. Uh, you look back at, especially Doc Holliday at Tombstone, it's almost a movie that continually plays because of his great performance. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those when you're, when you're uh, home on a Sunday afternoon or whatever, Saturday, and changing the channels and that movie uh, flashes on, you got to stay there. You got to, <laughs> yeah. wherever it is, you stay and you watch it because, and, and specifically for that part right there. It's all. I mean, it's it's just. It wasn't. He wasn't even like the the top actor, but he was such a shined moment that you wanted to continue to watch that movie just for him alone. 
All right, let's step aside. We'll take a break. We'll come back uh, because we got Rich Ornberger from San Diego and Extra 1360 and Fox Sports Radio. He'll join us. And we'll also give you a chance now to win a pair of tickets to see Joe Rogan. Be caller number nine at 702-365-9200 so you can see Joe Rogan live at the MGM Grand next Friday, July 1st. It's all part of AXS.com's Summer at the MGM Grand. Hey, guys. It's your boy, Vinny B. from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. 